across Europe, you know, playing in the Cyprus, uh, in, in Scandinavia, you know, because there nobody is judging the player that he's British Asian. He's just a footballer. He's just another footballer. There are more Asians involved in football than you would expect. There are nowhere near as many Asians involved in football as there should be. Join us on the Our Game 2 podcast as we celebrate the ones that are and discuss the ones that aren't. Okay, so I'm joined today by Z. Z, how you doing? You all right? Mate, always a pleasure when I speak with you and our guests. Looking forward to this one again. Yep. Uh, again, it's another friend of yours, another blast from the past. Just before we introduce him, Z, just so everyone can who isn't following you can follow you, what is your Instagram handle? Okay, my Instagram handle is Desi Ballers. That's D-E-S-I-B-A-L-L-R-S. Yep, please follow, follow that. There. And you'll find all the latest information about Asians playing football professionally all around the world. So really excited to have this guest on. Arun, how you doing? Thanks a lot, Apple. Uh, warm welcome from my side and thank you very much for having me. No, honestly, we're really excited. So you are Arun Chowdhury. Um, so do you want to tell us or tell our listeners who you are? We've got you on to talk about primarily the history of football in India, but I know you cover a lot more than just looking back. So do you want to tell us who you are? Well, I'm... Uh... 44 years old. I'm uh, born and uh, brought up in uh, Germany in a small town called Remscheid, which is cloned to uh, Dusseldorf and Cologne. Uh, during my schooling days, I spent five years in India, where my interest and love for Indian football started. And um, I started in 1998 India's first ever football website called IndianFootball.com. And um, since then, have been attached to football in India. And uh, I've done a lot of different projects for clubs, leagues, worked for the Indian Federation, have helped in setting up the Indian Super League, set up Mumbai City Football uh, Football Club, which is now owned by the City Football Group. And uh, yeah, and I've done my stuff here and there um, to try and help and promote Indian football at a local as well as a global stage. Wow, that's some CV there. Okay, um, so I'm going to ask you, first of all, so are you still involved with, what was the team, Mumbai what, sorry? Mumbai City. I set up Mumbai City in 2014 uh, in the first season at the start of uh, the Indian Super League. But currently I am sort of an independent consultant and a sports strategist uh, working for different organisations and groups, um, in, in not only in India, but around the world and doing a project in the Caribbean at the moment as well, for example. All right, fantastic. And you're based out in Germany, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, at some point I think we'll ask you about the Asian experience in Germany as well and just seeing if you've got any thoughts from the German side of things too. So, all right, just to start, if you don't mind telling us, what do you know about the history of football in India, when was it first introduced and when did it start taking, I guess, a national shape? So the Brits at the start uh, brought football to India and um, India has still the, the third oldest football competition um, 
being played in India, and that is the, the Durham Cup, which is the third oldest after the English and Scottish FA Cups. So football in India has been played longer than in Europe and the continent, for example. And wow. um, the Brits were the first to bring in there. The Portuguese have a certain influence, especially in the state of Goa. And uh, football's been played quite long. And you have the oldest club in Asia, which is Mohun Bagan Athletic Club over there, which is now since this season, ATK Mohun Bagan playing in the Indian Super League. So football has its history, has its pedigree um, in India. Wow. Okay. So when so the British, it was through the army that they brought it back in the eighteen hundreds. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so at the time when it was first introduced, I'm assuming it was pretty much just friendlies as it was in in England as well. When did when was the first league introduced? That was in the 1890s. That's the, the Calcutta Football League, um, which is the oldest still being played club tournament league in India. Not tournament. It's, it's, it's the league. The oldest tournament, of course, is Durham Cup. Okay. And that was just for the state. It wasn't a national league. Is that right? Yeah. The National League only started in India in 1996, which was then called the National Football League upon uh, a recommendation by then FIFA General Secretary Zeb Blatter, who went to India and said, and questioned why India didn't have a league uh, for the whole country, because you had the Calcutta League, you had the Goa League, you had the league in Mumbai and Delhi. So, you know, some of the biggest cities or states um, had strong leagues. Okay. And so, I mean, if if the leagues were disparate, what, how about the national team? What, how long has there been a national football team in India? So India has been having um, a national team since sort of the 1920s, 1930s, even you know when India was not an independent country. But they first really blew onto the world stage at the 1948 London Olympics, where India was very unlucky to lose to France 2-1, missing two penalties. So that's where India sort of marked its arrival and had its golden era in international football, where India was quite successful at the Olympics. Okay, that's interesting. And all right, so why do you think from that point Indian football hasn't pushed on as much as so many other countries have has done? Indian football very often has been very inward looking. You know, not very outward looking. You had, of course, the global world. Uh, India didn't realize how good or how bad its standards was till 1996, uh, 1986, when the first uh, World Cup was played. Um, and and um, that's when India realized that there is an outside world of football, which is bigger, stronger uh, than it is in India, even though till the 1970s, India was amongst the powerhouses of Asian football. It started because of the Japanese, the Koreans, and then later on other countries and the countries from the Gulf uh, became better and stronger where the standard of Indian football started to, to drop. And uh, yeah, India no longer was a power on, of, of, of football in Asia. Okay, so just before we go back to football for a second, let's talk cricket. Now, 
outside of India, everyone assumes that cricket is the big sport and it's it's likened to religion, etc. Is that a lazy stereotype on the part of non-Indians or or how much truth is there and how does that affect football? I think that cricket has become over the last 30, 40 years the biggest sport in India. I think that until 18, 1983 when India won uh, the Cricket World Cup at Lords, couple dev in his side, uh, football and, and field hockey were the biggest sports in India. And it was that the 1987 World Cup in India, um, you know, were crucial events to push India towards being a superpower in cricket. You then had Sachin Tendulkar coming in, and 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 cricket is like the only sport where India has been and is a world beater. I think that's something that is very very important for for the fans. And, and and that in that way, I think it's it's, uh, it's 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 that thing. But if you look at the participation in sports today, I'd say that um, football is the biggest sport. It's you know somewhat similar to 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 the US, where youth level football is a much bigger sport than cricket. But again, cricket is about being successful at international level. You have got the big bucks of sponsors massive media interest coverage so therefore it is the biggest but i think football is a distant second but a clear second um and then football is a distant second ahead of many many other potential sports does that include hockey as well hockey is faded i mean hockey has been you know they've been trying to push field hockey quite a lot but the problem has been you know since the dutch the germans and the australians made sort of a science out of hockey and with AstroTurf and, and, and other things, um, that has sort of weakened uh, the growth of hockey because hockey, you know, they used to share the, the pitch uh, for, for sports in India. So, you know, India was never a country where you used to play one sport all year through. There are people who've played uh, cricket in the winter, uh, in, in, in the spring you used to play hockey, and then in the monsoons you used to play football. You know, and that has sort of changed over the last two decades as well. What I I find quite interesting is the fact that you've said that cricket, I guess, was launched as the biggest sport or grew massively from 1983 and the success at the World Cup. I mean, having said that, that's, that's been mirrored in lots of countries around the world. As soon as they get a little bit of success with something, the amount of money that goes into it, the amount of attention and participation, the levels go through the roof. I mean, certain examples might be the the Caribbean and their success with athletics, Korea and their success in tournaments like golf, etc. So, all right, so that's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of, you know, India India likes their stars, India likes their success. And uh, that, I guess, was very crucial for them, for, for the growth of cricket. And, and, you know, and that's sort of with the growth, especially, you know, in the, in the Sachin Tendulkar years and with the coming of, 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 of the IPL and T20, uh, that has really pushed back everything else. 
Okay, so you said football is, by a clear majority, the second sport. And did you say that participation at youth and school level is on a par with cricket? It's higher. It's higher? Yeah. Okay, so and how? at what point did, that, did it become higher than cricket? Has it always been higher or is it a more recent phenomenon? No, I think football has been always, uh, you know, in a participation sports. Um, and and uh, the thing is with cricket is cricket is uh, not so easy to play like football. And, you know, you just need a ball. And in the worst case, if you don't have goals, you'll use your shoes um, to, to create a goal. And that is something that is sort of um, seen the growth of football and what's been coming is I think that, that, uh, that a lot of people have taken football much more serious. Okay. So you said that there were, the States had their own football leagues up until 1986. So in terms of the purview of our podcast, we're looking at Asians in Britain and we call it their exclusion from the professional game because that's pretty much what it is. But but in terms of going back to Asians, I think Asians started coming over to the UK in large numbers from the 50s onwards. And the vast majority at the time, especially, I mean, that's changed over time, but the vast majority initially came from the West Coast of, of India. So you had states like Gujarat and the Punjab, etc. What's is there a difference in participation in and I guess love of the game in India throughout the different states? Would you say it's stronger in certain areas than others, or is it fairly even as it is in England? No, I um, I, I clearly there is a differentiation of where football was has been more popular. You know, there are the traditional pockets of uh, Bengal, of uh, of a Kerala. Uh, the northeast has come up over the last two decades, but you know football has grown across India over the last ten years, and you know Punjab has always been there. You know Punjabis are are quite sporty, um, but there are new states. You've mentioned Gujarat, where you know where football is growing, Rajasthan, where football is growing, but you also have in the south Tamil Nadu, Karnataka, um, where the where the game has grown. So you know, it's been it's been different you know, in different parts of the world, uh, different, different parts of India, sorry. And, and, uh, and, and there are the sort of the traditional hotbeds, you know, in the past, you would have said the old Andhra Pradesh state and, and especially the city of Hyderabad were quite successful. You know, they used to, you know, be the state with the most players in the national team with the national coach even coming from there. And they had a very strong team in Hyderabad city police. But, you know, with the advent of professional football, uh, the, the police team has really not been as successful as they've been in the past. Right. OK. And so for those that don't know, Hyderabad, is that quite central? So. In India yeah. and, and OK, I, so, I mean, so I mean, listen, in in England, there's approximately 8% of the population is of an Asian background. Sorry, when I say Asian, I mean South Asian from India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, being the main countries where, where that is from. Um, just from an Indian perspective, do, is that, is that, how do I say it? Is that um, 
emigration kind of noticeable has it been or or is it something that the, the country is quite large and it hasn't paid much attention to that i i would say that there hasn't been much of that what you've seen over the last as i said 10 15 years is especially the growth of football in the northeast and the northeast means that you know that the states of manipur was the first state mizoram is you know one state where football has been very very successful um because of bajing butia football is massive in his home state of sikkim and you know that you need those stars or superstars to help you push while some other you know because it's very often in india a top down approach rather than being a a a bottom up approach which is much more needed and would be much more appropriate by that you mean the pull of superstars that are successful as opposed to a grassroots level and then pushing up yes yes okay so so a couple of questions um so in okay right so in 1986 you're saying the national football league was was formed is and 1996 1996 sorry and you're saying that also there's still the local leagues going on so how does that work is is there is is a primary importance given more to one rather than the other or has that evolved and changed over time that has sort of evolved and changed um you will say that the big two three clubs in calcutta which are mohan bagan uh, east bengal and mohammedan sporting you know they are sort of traditional rivals can only be compared to the rivalry in in glasgow you know you are born to support a club uh, mohan bagan is the club of the people from calcutta east bengal as the name says is the people who have come over as refugees from bangladesh where mohammedan sporting is the club of 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 the local calcutta muslims and uh, um that rivalry was was very very key and 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 because the the, the calcutta football league is the oldest league in india uh, for the IFA which is the the governing body of football in Bengal which is the Indian Football Association but not the national body which is the All India Football Federation they sometimes thought that their league is as important if not more important than the national league and that is sort of changed over the last two and a half decades with now the advent of the Indian Super League that uh, that 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 changes has sort of helped in the in 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 the development of of football in India so those big teams that you've mentioned, which league do they play in? So uh, since this season, Mohan Bagan, they've merged with ATK, which is the former franchise of the Super League. So they've become ATK Mohan Bagan. They are uh, playing in the Indian Super League. East Bengal have just been bought up by an entity and they're called SC East Bengal. They're also playing in the Indian Super League. Both of them joined this year. And... Uh, Mohammedan Sporting just got promoted to the second tier of Indian football, which is called the I-League. Right. Okay. So is this the equivalent of what we're talking about in the UK, where possibly the top six clubs are talking about European breakaway Super League, that the clubs have left their traditional local leagues, state leagues, and joined the ISL? No. So what happened in India was that a company called Reliance, which is the biggest company, corporate, in India, um, they bought the rights, the marketing rights of Indian football in uh, 2010. And they looked at how to 
develop how to enhance Indian football. And they then in the end decided that it was the best for them um, to create a new league. So they created a new league called the Indian Super League in 2013. Couldn't launch it in 2013. They launched it in 2014. And uh, um, launching it in 2014 for them meant that they started with eight franchise teams, which were totally fresh. So the Indian Super League was an American-style league, while the old I-League, the old I-League is, uh, is a, uh, is a, is a, uh, uh, European-style football league. So that was sort of the difference that, 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 that cropped up and, um, that you had two leagues, you know, that was the other problem. It's only in 2014, you had two leagues where, you know, the first part of the season was played the Indian Super League and the second part of the season was the I-League. Some of the players playing for two teams, different teams, different clubs. And under pressure from FIFA and the Asian Football Confederation, India has been working over the last two years to try and find a model of um, trying to have one rather than two leagues. And that has sort of happened this year where uh, the, 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 the old I-League, which was used to be the top tier of Indian football, is now the second division. And uh, the Indian Super League has become the top tier of Indian club football. So is there a is there a, a pyramid system of promotion relegation? In the I-League, yes. The Indian Super League is still a closed, uh, closed shop. And uh, that will change in the next four or five years where... The Indian Super League will also have promotion and relegation. Okay, that'd be quite interesting to see how that works because the franchise system is obviously the standard system in America, whereas for a lot of their sports, whereas in the UK, we've always shied away from the franchise system because... whether it's right or not, I think we'd call it the integrity of the pyramid and the ability to be promoted and relegated. And and we've had teams that have gone all the way up from, from non-league through to, through to the top, etc. Okay. So how long do you think that system will take and what, what form finally do you think you'll end up with? I mean, the Indian super league started with eight, eight clubs this season. It's 11. Um, it's going to grow over the next few years. I think in another five, six years, you will have um, a 16-team league in India. And I guess in the next decade, you will most probably have a league of 18 to 20 teams. So it will become a normal European-style football league um, with, with, as I said, promotion and relegation. But again, the, you know, when the Indian Super League was started, it was modelled on a franchise system. You know, the IPL, of course, was there when uh, they looked at models of, 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 of leagues in America and, and there were a lot of Indian corporates who invested a lot of money. So, you know, to safeguard that interest rather than and their, and their money as well, uh, they said, you know, there, there won't be any relegation in the first 10, 10 years. And I guess that is something which at the time made sense because you suddenly had large Indian corporates investing in Indian football who in the past did not invest into the game. Okay, and so do you think this is this a good thing? Is this the right thing for Indian football? And do you think it will will help to increase both the success of the national team and the quality of the players? 
as with everything, it takes time. I think when, when it was started in 2014, it was more of an IPL style competition. And uh, now it's become into a proper league. Um, they're playing in, in this season in three stadiums in Goa with 11 teams in a bio bubble. So, so, you know, I think the standards and, and, and are very, very high. Uh, the Indian League, in my opinion, has been very smart that at the moment they're playing one match every evening, 7.30 primetime kickoff, uh, rather than playing all matches sort of on a, on a Saturday and Sunday, um, which I, I guess keeps the interest level high uh, throughout the season. Um, and they have, of course, one extra factor, which is they have the playoffs with the the semi-finalists and and uh, and the final uh, which is an added flavor which again from my understanding of european football is not needed but i guess you know the indians like the tamasha and you know that sort of extra spice and that is given by the playoffs i have a question or another um has the standard of the domestic players improved since since the start of the indian super league it's a good one. It's a difficult one. Um, I think that generally the footballers are overall better because they're much better informed. Their nutrition is better. Their training levels are better. The infrastructure is better. Um, uh, you know, the, the whole the whole league, everything else is much much better. But um, on the other side, I fear, and that sometimes what you have is because you've try to standardize everything and you try to put everything into a system that the quality of, the quality of footballers coming through uh, the individual talent uh, there is a lack of it where I feel that that typical street footballer you know to get a Baichung Bhutia who at 15 was playing school football East Bengal saw him immediately picked him up um, you know 21 he moved to Bury those kind of stories are very, very difficult because you see a lot of the players going into the system um, at 12, 13. You've got now youth leagues. You've got grassroots as a massive approach from the Federation to do stuff. But, 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 yeah, that individual brilliance talent. You know, I would have said in an, uh, if, if I take a German example, uh, a typical old-fashioned street football like a Mesut Özil, that's going to be difficult to find. But you'd rather get Philipp Lahm's you know, who are standard, who are good, who, you know, give, 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 always give their best. Undoubtedly in England, football is the national sport and the vast majority of people, I, I, listen, there's no idea if there's anyone's ever done research on it, but the vast majority of people, if you ask them to support a football team, regardless of the level of interest, will probably say one. So question is, does, would that apply in India as well? As in, just very roughly, how much interest does football give to the average person? Um, and would would they would they have would they keep an eye out for either a particular team or just football in general? And would that only be at, if they didn't follow cricket? Um, I think, as anywhere else in the world, you've got the general sport buffs who will watch any kind of sport and, and, and India, the, the possibilities and the availabilities of watching sports is easier than for us in Europe. You've got multiple, multiple channels. Um, you have, uh, uh, you know, uh, the star network has got 
five, six channels. And then now they've started with different languages. You've got Sony, you've got different channels, you've got Discovery. So you've got options to watch sport. Um, then you have got the people, what the people call the traditional football fan. And uh, the traditional football fan is someone who's been watching football for, for years, most probably someone who's supporting a, um, a, a, um, one of the older clubs. Then they say you've got the new age football fans who are watching football because of the Indian Super League. And then you've got the fans of European football um, who who watch European football, but now slowly are sort of hooking on to Indian football. And I always say the example when I worked for Mumbai City, I had the example of uh, a crazy thing that in Mumbai, you had the Mumbai City Supporters Club, which had people who supported European clubs where fans from Man United, from Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, um, from Real Madrid, Barcelona, AC Milan, Bayern Munich, all of them came together to create their own sort of fan club. Or, or, or an example, when Nicholas and Elka joined Mumbai City, you had fans, people wearing Arsenal and Chelsea shirts, standing next to each other, welcoming Nicholas and Elka to Mumbai, you know, which is sort of unthinkable here in Europe. But, you know, that's sort of the difference of fan culture in that part. And, and fan culture has grown. I think that's one thing which is a, it's a massive positive over the last five years. There is a lot of fan culture. There's a lot of growth in that. And, 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 and that's, been, that's been a positive sign uh, that's been brought about um, also through social media and other things, which clubs like Bangalore FC have been very successful. Corporate banks played in the I-League and then made the switch from the I-League to, to the ISL three years ago. Um, those are very, very good and positive signs. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I mean, it sounds like India's got a rich and deep football history. And the reason that surprised me is, look, I've grown up in this country, so... Very few trips to India. I know very little about it. Um, and when we're talking about the subject of Asians in football here in, in England, we the general narrative is that the first generation came over, they were trying to create a life, and sport was the last thing in their mind. At, to a degree, they're the same with the second generation. And then once you start getting to the third and the fourth generation, that's when sport can become more a part of our lives and when we talk about like i said the the main influxes have been since the 50s in several waves some from india directly some from east africa um but one of the things that we never hear about i don't think and z correct me if if i'm wrong is those first generation immigrants bring in any kind of love for the game across which is why, to a degree, this surprises me. I mean, is does is any of this surprising usually, or, or is it just me being a little bit ignorant? No, I, I think it's a case of that it's not been documented anyway, has it? We haven't got the um, the, the, the lived experiences and history of that. It's pretty much been when immigration happened. It's been about just getting by or building a life. Economic you know? survival. Exactly. Nothing about sport. And then when cricket happened, that there was some identity there, wasn't it? Because as Aaron, I was saying earlier about 1983, the World Cup happened in, in, in London when India beat West Indies. All of a sudden, there was uh, success in a sport that we could be proud of, just as Asians, I guess, but mo- mostly Indian. But Which led then, to Norman Tebbit's cricket test. 
Exactly. And then obviously you follow on nine years later when Pakistan won the World Cup, all of a sudden that became the marker of success in terms of sport for South Asians. Um, I think that's had a slight detrimental effect in other areas of sport. And we forget that this, uh, you know, where, what, what I mentioned earlier about India taking part in the Olympics and also having a chance to play in the World Cup if it wasn't for certain factors that history in terms of football is not there or people don't refer to it or even remember it. I mean, they forget it. I mean, if I, if I take a different approach, because we're talking about India and Pakistan, very often you forget the Bangladeshis. And I, I would be interested to hear from Bangladeshis in England because Calcutta Dhaka was a massive rivalry. So you have a Mohammedan sporting in Calcutta, you have a Mohammedan sporting in Dhaka as well as the sister club. Uh, my father came to Germany and one of the first things he said, my father came in 1961, all of them were football fans and they were Bengalis. So the question is, um, I, I remember when we played India against Bangladesh in Leicester in 2000 at the old Fubert Street Stadium, you had more Bangladeshis than Indians over there because the Gujaratis per se are not interested in football. There were Bangladeshis who came up from London and from other parts of the UK to watch the match. So... It, it's it's a question of where your communities come from and 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 what the interest level is because if you see for example in the Middle East um, there is a massive uh, influx of people from Kerala and in Kerala football is a religion I mean you know there was uh, when Diego Mando Maradona died uh, if you looked at some of the footage out of Kerala you would have thought it was actually Buenos Aires or Rosario. That's quite interesting. Just something which you may not be aware of and you may be aware of. Um, they've done some surveys, etc. here. And as a percentage, more Bangladeshi youths play football compared to any other ethnic group in England. And that includes black people, white people, etc. So we know... It doesn't current, surprise me. Yeah. So the current generation plays. I was just making the point, And you're right. Maybe the stories haven't been told. But... Um, yeah, as as immigrants, football hasn't been part of our story. So, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. Um, but if the question is, is it just football or is it sports in general? I mean, again, cricket, Bangladesh is even a better example than India, Pakistan. Uh, in Pakistan, hockey or even squash were bigger sports than, uh, than, than cricket. And Bangladesh football was till about 15 years ago. Um, was was the number one sport until Bangladesh started to to move up the ladder in the ICC rankings. And I remember in 2000, the interest in that India-Bangladesh match was much bigger in the Bangladeshi media than was even in the Indian media. So it's different. And and and, and I'm surprised to some extent that, you know, this, this Hamza Chaudhary story, that Leicester is not actually trying to sell that story into Bangladesh a little bit more, where you have one of the few sort of established uh, um, yeah, British Asians in, in the Premier League. And I'd say is that he's a Chaudhary. So certainly he's got, a, you know, though spelled differently, he's got the right surname. Oh, definitely. He's, uh, his father <laughs> is of Bangladeshi origin. Yes. So, uh, yeah, listen, there might be many reasons for that. It might be, the, the trouble is because we have so little success as such, as I'm talking about Asians in, in football in England anyway, that it might be a personal choice for him in terms of not wanting the pressure. It's something that we're 
wary of and have been made aware of by certain people. Jimmy Carter, for instance, first player of Asian heritage to play in the Premier League, didn't didn't reveal at the time they had Asian heritage. So yeah, I mean, I've, I I remember I spoke to Michael Chopra um, in two thousand two at a Champions League match uh, between Newcastle and Bayer Leverkusen at Bayer, and and I actually asked and you know I just spoke to him a little bit and 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 I asked him about his Asian heritage and and you know he didn't want to, want to discuss it at all and for for someone like Michael Chopra who wanted to to become a full England international. Um, you know, his Asian has never came out until the late 2000s when, you, you know, people put him in touch with Bob Houghton. Uh, they tried to get him an Indian passport and tried to get him to play for India, uh, which sadly never happened. But he's played two seasons in the Indian Super League. And, and, and uh, with, you know, with Chops has had limit, limited success, but Chops at least has played. While there have been other British Asians who've tried to go to India, um, but none of them actually have succeeded so that's the other problem is that you know where there's this perception about football and the quality in India uh, the quality is not that bad if you see the players who've gone this summer who've, you know via Australia have gone to to India uh, where you see people with the background of playing at Norwich City or at Southampton uh, or at Burnley who've, who've, who are now playing in India or even players from the championship who've left the championship and moved to India or, or a top striker from Wigan who's most probably leaving Wigan in the winter to 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 um, move to India, but I I doubt that is being reported uh, in the media as much as you know that managers like Robbie Fowler or an Owen Coyle um, or a Stuart Baxter are coaching in India. Yeah, I mean to be honest, even that it gets as far as I can gather gets very very little coverage here. I mean the trouble is in England it's. Listen, as far as we know, the world revolves around us and and the the rest of the world is a bit of a sideshow. And so that's our, I guess, our arrogance to a degree, and which is misplaced because obviously England hasn't won the World Cup since West Ham did in 1966. But there you go. Um, yeah, but they robbed it from Germany. That's another discussion. Ah. So <laughs> Fine. All right. So uh, talk to me about... India and its its support of, I guess, the Premier League. I mean, what we're told in England is the Premier League is the most widely exported football tournament in the world. The whole world watches it, etc. Um, like I said, we're here. What, what's the, what's the truth from? First of all, I guess the Indian side, but I guess possibly touching upon the German angle as well. So. Let me start at the international level, um, where at the international level, Argentina and Brazil are the most supported teams in India, by far. Uh, that has to do with Maradona, that has to do with Pelé, that has to do with Socrates, with Neymar, you call it, uh, you name it. Uh, so, so that's a reality when it comes to national teams. If I cut that down to the level of club football, yes, the Premier League is uh, the most watched foreign league in India. But over the last two, three years, um, more people are watching the Indian Super League than are watching the Premier League or the Bundesliga or the Spanish La Liga. Okay. So and that's it, also that, something... Has that changed from when it used to be the I-League? So have the numbers increased? So the, the I-League's I problem has been... The Premier League has been in the Indian market now for over two decades. And the production of the Premier League 
you know, um, has always been brilliant. You know, the broadcast product is has been uh, amongst the best uh, for a very, very long time. Now, the iLeague was used to be produced very shabbily and, you know, not not quality. So those were those were factors why, uh, you know, Indian football, you know, people used to say, hey, they're doing a 22 camera shoot of the Premier League. And from the Indian League, you're doing a six camera shoot. That difference is there. Now they do the Indian Super League also with, you know, with 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 20 cameras and, and you know, they do it differently um, where they where they're trying to, um, you know, um, do a lot of things and 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 you have of course uh, but again india is different than than um let's say a southeast asia you know where in a thailand or malaysia or indonesia the premier league is way bigger than their local leagues and that is sort of sort of a difference which 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 is already there because uh, people forget that as i was telling earlier that india's got traditional hotbeds of football which are a bengal which is a kerala Hyderabad used to be there. Um, and then you've got the new centers of, of football and, you know, our great stories of, uh, let's say, a, a real Kashmir, uh, you know, who, who now play I-League, who've come from nowhere over the last five years uh, under a, a, a Scottish manager uh, 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 in Robertson. And, and so, so there, is, there is something. And, uh, of course, you know, your Liverpools, your Man Uniteds, uh, your Arsenals, your Chelsea's have their fans. Um, Man City has grown their fan base over the last few years. Tottenham has a few fans, but they're the crazy ones. I know a friend of mine who's, for example, a fan of West Brom um, or, or someone I know who's a fan of Nottingham Forest. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're different, different fans of different clubs for different reasons. OK, so it's interesting. So the ISL has overtaken the Premier League because the production levels there and the quality of football is obviously better than it used to be as well, right? Yes. Okay. And so going back to the Asians question for a second, we've mentioned Hamza Chowdhury at the moment. There's Neil Taylor at Aston Villa as well. Um, what do Indians do when they're thinking about the Premier League? Are they, are there any questions around either the Asians that are playing or the lack of Asians? Are, are, is are your average, is your average Asian football fan, Indian football fan, aware that 8% of the population here in England is South Asian? No. I think for them, you know, they, I think some of the people will be surprised when, when, when they see a Leicester City and suddenly, you know, the, the, the name Chaudhary crops up as a surname. Um, Neil Taylor has been to Calcutta uh, due to his mom, but, you know, there's not been that much of, of, of 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 coverage, I would say. So I think for them, it's not about uh, the involvement. It, they they would they would look at it if it was someone who's you know from India uh, or born in the UK who's playing for the Indian national team. I think that would be different. I mean, if a if a Chopra had been able in two thousand nine two thousand ten to get an Indian passport to play for the national team, I think you know at the time, if I'm not wrong, Cardiff or Ipswich. Um, that that would have helped, but as long as you don't have an Indian national team player who's playing regular football at the top level, forget Premier League. But in Europe, um, I don't think there'll be much of an of an of a different interest level. I think for them, it's about the stars. It's about you know you want to see uh, the best players in the world, and 
Um, nothing more, nothing less. So there's no affinity as such. So let's say Swansea get promoted and Jan Danda seals his place as the starting central attacking midfielder and he's playing week in, week out. You say, suggesting that unless he, well, so first of all, let's just say he's and it becomes an established Premier League player. You're saying that will only cause sort of small ripples in India. Is that right? I, I would think yes. I mean, the Jan Dunder story has been followed quite a lot over the last seven, eight years since one of his pictures cropped up with when he's when he you know joined Liverpool and had his India flag in front of him. And uh, Jan, I think, has over the years always stated his uh, interest and commitment, willing to play for uh, for um, the Indian national team. But nothing has sadly ever happened on that issue. And, um, and, and I think that a player of his standard would, would, would be an asset to the Indian national team. But as long as Jan Danda doesn't play and, and, and Jan Danda to a lot of Indians would not be directly a typical Indian name, you know. Um, so that's another issue. And the question is, how is, how is the Premier League or is the Premier League uh, going to market it at all? Yeah. Okay. What if he gets into the England team? Because that will cause huge amounts of coverage here, at least the fact that he's of Indian heritage and getting into the national team. Will um, the name aside, which which I get, um, or or Hamza Chowdhury, if he gets into the England team, I know you're saying the big thing is if they one of them played for India, um, but if they get into the England team, which well, at the moment, they're doing fairly well, I guess. So quite high up in the rankings. Will that make more of a difference? Or do you think it's really about either playing for India or becoming a superstar, one of the two? I think it's going to be one of the two because you've had the example of, of let's say, Hamid Singh from from Norway, you know, who's uh, played for Norway, uh, played for big clubs like Feyenoord, but sort of has faded. Uh, we've had other boys of Suriname, Indian origins, Netherlands. I mean, you know, you, you could create an Indian national team uh, just sitting in, 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 in Amsterdam and Rotterdam, you know. So you've got so many of these players, Luciano Narsing, uh, Rajiv de, de La Parra, and all these guys who could, you know, Diego Bisheshwar. Um, there could be tons of them. So, so the, the point is, I think that to create the connect, the player at the end of the day needs to play for India. Um, and 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 be a difference player as well, and just not make up numbers. I think that's the combination that he has. He has to be successful in the Premiership, um, and then play for the for the country. I think you know the same. I think applies to Hamza Chaudhary. I think um, you know um, I'm sure they follow it in Bangladesh. Bangladesh has also looked at players uh, like Pakistan, like players of Bangladeshi origin, and their captain is a guy uh, uh, Bunyan, who's who's now going to be playing in India for Mohammedan Sporting who's born and brought up in Denmark. And uh, so, yeah, there, there, there are these stories and, 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 and um, it's a question of how you utilize it. Um, you know, the Premier League also has an official formal partnership with the Indian Super League. Um, so there are means and ways of, I guess, helping each other. Okay, that's interesting. Because one of the things that's been suggested several times with the people that we've spoken to on the show is that if an Asian was to become an established Premier League player, that could have 
quite large financial benefits to to the club from having that Indian fan base in India. I'm not sure how big sort of football merchandise is over there. I mean, merchandise is, is, is a growing business. It's not as big as 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 it's in in um, other parts of Asia. I think if you look at merchandise, I think Japan and China, and especially Southeast Asia, are going to be bigger markets than India. Um, the question is of, of you know also of commercial interests of Indian sponsors are willing to do things, and Indian sponsors are more inward and outward looking. I see that they're a little bit similar to what happens here in Germany. And, and, and from that standpoint, I feel um, it, is, it, it could be of value. But again, I think if I look at the example of what's happened to Baichung Guti at Bury, um, that you know, initially Baichung was playing, and I think Baichung was good enough to play in, in, in Bury and in, in that team had Neil Warnock stayed at the club and not left after a month, and Baichung not, also not got injured. I think Baichung could have been a top player, in, at least in, in, in the old third tier of English football. Uh, or maybe even get gotten into the championship, but again, that's 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 a difficult one because if I look back at the years 99 to 2002 when Bayern was at Bury, and and we're talking about you know the early days of 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 the internet age, um, yeah, uh, it's uh, there was a massive, massive, massive interest. Or so even when Sunil Chetri, the current India captain, uh, joined. Um, Sporting Lisbon or Kansas City, massive interest. I mean, Sunil uh, played at, at Sporting Lisbon B team. Uh, amongst others, Eric Dyer was his teammate. Just on the follow-up to the, the names you just mentioned about Sunil Chetri and, and Bachan Butia and the, uh, the, the goalkeeper who went was it in Denmark. It kind of slips my name now. Um, Gurpreet Singh. Go, so, Gurpreet Singh Sandu. Sorry, Gurpreet Singh Sandu yeah. was uh, Norway. Denmark was Subrata 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 Pal. No, he was Subrata was at uh, uh, Yesterland. Yeah. So, do we need to see more imports of players from India in the bigger leagues and be established? Because we, we, we were asking a question about having British Asian players in the Premier League established to make an impact back in Asia. But would there be a bigger impact the other way if we had players who from from the subcontinent to be established in the European leagues and actually making headwaves, would that have uh, a bigger impact, do you reckon? I think yes, but there are two problems. One is the regulations in England of having to be a, a top 50 nation in the FIFA world rankings. India is 104th in the latest, uh, so they're quite a bit off. Um, and the other thing is that players in India are very, very well paid. So... A player like Gurpreet Singh Sandhu is getting 10 times the salary playing for Bangalore FC, then playing in the top tier of Norway and playing for a club which played Euro, uh, UEFA Europa League. So from, 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 from that perspective, um, that's another problem that you know, players in the Super League are, are very well played. And if you, if you see there are players from the Spanish La Liga, from smaller teams, rather coming to India because their salaries are higher, than staying in La Liga. That's why also players from the Championship or from League One aren't joining. You know, if, if a guy who's playing at Wigan is going to get a higher salary at East Bengal, that shows you, you know, where the trend is going. And the salaries are not as high as in China or in Japan. You know, you don't have that super superstar movement of an Oscar or a Hulk going into the, the, the Chinese Super League or, you know, 
uh, uh, Rakuten uh, enabling uh, Mr. Kobe to sign Iniesta, Podolski, and uh, and other players. Um, but again, that's that's an interesting one. The question is, um, are we good enough? I think that if I look at where the Indian footballers are and the intensity and everything, I think they would struggle in the championship. So I think League One would be the level. But the question is, um, you know, would would they be able to fit in? So 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 that's that's a difficult question to ask. It's 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 an overall thing. I think it's a velocity. It's it's. I think you 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 very often see players also from other leagues who come from to the Premier League. If you know that that the intensity level are uh, uh, is 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 higher, or the way of playing football is different. You know, so um, they always say the difference between the Premier League and the Bundesliga is there. You know, where where you know the the Premier League is seen as more intense, where the Bundesliga is seen as more skillful. So or, or La Liga, the same thing, I guess. So the question is. Can they do it? And I think that the Indian players do not have the standard to play for a Premiership or a La Liga or a Bundesliga club. I think if you look at where they should be trying the luck, it is I think Scandinavia. I mean, you've seen a lot of British Asians go to Scandinavia. Um, you know that that's that's a, that's that's a good level of football. Uh, maybe the Netherlands, maybe Belgium, uh, maybe even an Austria and a Switzerland. You know, those leagues are not bad as well. So you know, um, trying to get in, uh, get into the system, understand. Um, I mean, Gopri's aim via Norway was to get into one of the bigger leagues, and, and at the end of the day, Gopri realized is after three years Sabek, um, listen, the paycheck in India is way, way too good, and I'm a superstar, and I'm you know, I'm a hero over there, uh, rather than spending a cold, uh, cold, freezing winter in Norway. You know, that's another factor. I mean, the Indian Super League currently is being played in the bio bubble in Goa, where your temperature is always around 30 degrees. That's not bad, is it? But. I- you're talking about styles of play with the different leagues, right? So what, what kind of style of play are we seeing with yeah. the Indian Super League right now? Is it still developing? Because obviously it's from a franchise system. We've had foreign coaches coming in and trying to play their own style. But is there a style of play that the ISL has? Can it be accelerated by foreign coaches coming in that can then better prepare players to play in more intense leagues around the world? I think, yes. I think that is... That is um certainly possible. Um, I think that the quality has improved and especially the Spanish coaches who've come in uh, have done a very, very good job. But if you see last season, you know, someone like Owen Coyle took on over from John Gregory and, and his team Chennai were last in the in the table and they reached the final. Um, um, then you know how, how good a coach he is. You know, someone like the Robbie Fowler still has to prove how good he is. Stuart Baxter, the same thing was coming. Um but the Spanish influence has been good, you know, not only the coaches, but the players. And I also think the better, the higher quality of foreigners that have come in. Of course, in the first season, you know, it was, it was more of a factor of superstars where you, you know, you, you know, Mumbai City, we signed Freddie Jungberg and, and, and Nicholas Anelka. Other teams had Robert Perez, Alessandro Del Piero, David Trezeguet. You know, we, they had good players. And I think sharing the dressing room with these guys helps. But now even, you know, there's, players who are coming sort of from the second tier uh, of football or, or from smaller teams, they bring in a, uh, a level of competitiveness and, 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 and that, that's helping Indian football. Just very quickly, um, where's that money coming from? Is it organic or is it the money that, is it from TV rights? Is it from the franchise owners? 
from the franchise owners. Um, there is sponsorship money, uh, TV rights. So, so Star, uh, Star Network is a co-owner of the league. So there is no TV rights, which is being put into the system. So, you know, the um, owners are funding it and you've got some of the biggest Indian corporates who are involved. So you have over there, you know, Reliance as the owner of the league. You've got the Tartars over there. You've got uh, JSW um, and, and other corporates who've come forward to fund Indian football. And, and all of them are losing money. Uh, but again, it's about, um, yeah, trying to get, get uh, football to a level in India where it becomes on one side competitive and on the other side commercially viable. Okay, interesting. Okay, how about how about in Germany? As are there? What, I mean, what do you, I don't know if you know anything about the population there. Are there many South Asians in Germany? Compared to the UK, it's minimal to non-existent. I would say I, I would sum it up if I look at South Asians, maybe a hundred thousand, maybe one hundred twenty thousand in a population of eighty-three million. Okay, so yeah, statistically next next to none then. So I guess Asians haven't made a dent in in German football then. Um, I would say to the contrary, because one of the best coaches in Germany is is a guy called Robin Dutt, who's coached at Leverkusen, at Bremen. Uh, he's been the technical director of the German FA, and he is, um, yeah, his father is Bengali, so you know from from Calcutta. So yeah, we've had someone who's been running. Uh, the technical part of German football, who's 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 of Indian origin. That's interesting. Okay, so I mean, amongst the Asian population, there are they. I, I, I don't know how much you know about them here. Like I said, in in England, we've probably quite comfortably into our fifth, sixth generation of Asians. And as I said to you before about Bangladeshi youths being making up or having the highest percentage that play football, Pakistani mm. heritage youths are second. So it, it we've definitely taken to football, especially the professional games in terms of support, maybe not all the way through the pyramid in terms of participation yet. Um, so it, is there, whereabouts are Asians in Germany? Are they still quite new there? Or is it just that it's a small population I don't know. I don't know anything about Asians in Germany. So in Germany, most of it is going to be second, uh, yeah, second generation. Um, there's of course a lot which is also first, or you know, and some which is third. But most of it is going to be second generation, and that's. But again, um, we've had things where we've tried to put uh, people together and, and 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 you know do competitions and, and meet each other and where you realize that unlike in the UK, we don't have a parallel system. So we all of us, because our numbers are also very, very small, but we're part of mainstream football. But that's generally, it doesn't matter which which immigrant communities, even if you look at the biggest immigrant community, which is Turkish, um, they, they, they're they involved in mainstream football, uh, be it playing for German clubs or being, you know, having their own clubs. So from that standpoint, I think uh, it's totally different. Um than then uh, what you have in the UK because you've got your Sunday leagues and other things uh, or, or, or Asian teams. I heard this interesting story about players from uh, or people from Goa. Uh, a lot of them former players uh, from the Goa Pro League or even national team players 
who are involved in uh, in setting up a going football team uh, in and around London. Okay, so I mean, you mentioned the Turkish immigrants there. Now, in England, we've it's a fairly multi, multicultural country. It has been for quite a long time. Uh, there's very few non either white or black British that make it. I'm thinking Muzzy is it off the top of my head? Um, handful of Asians. See, there hasn't been many, has there? So there seems to be an exclusion problem throughout um, throughout English football and throughout the, our pyramid as such. Given the, the success of certain players in Germany, such as Ozil being probably the most high profile, do you think, do you think exclusion also occurs in Germany to a similar degree or do you think it's, it's much more integrated? I think it's much more integrated. If I look at when I was a kid and I used to play football, um, okay, I was the odd one out being an Indian, but there was a Vietnamese kid. We had Italians, people from the Balkans, Turkish kids, German kids, and it was about playing football. It was not, you know, what your heritage was. And, and it was about having fun uh, and playing football. And, uh, uh, you know, if you, as you said, it's the most, most high profile Turkish player. Yes. Um, but the Turkish national team has been, you know, um, a big beneficiary of, of, of German talent, similar to what um, Africa has with, with players born in, in France or the Netherlands or in Belgium, you know. I mean, if you look at Algeria or Morocco, I think nearly the whole national teams are born in France rather than being born in their respective country of birth. So that, that was my hope, but let's be honest. About 20 years ago when we were having discussion, when, when Bajun was playing in England, I was hoping that, you know, now 20 years down the line, you might have four or five Indian national team players born in England who play Premiership football. Yeah, we we wish it was so as well. <laughs> um, so, okay. so I would say, if I if I look at it, if I look at it from that standpoint, is and it's not just Germany, but if you look, I think the Dutch were way ahead of the others. You know, if you look at someone like Aaron Winter, uh, uh, of of someone of Indian origin who, who played for the Dutch team in the 90s, the Dutch were the front runners, then the Belgians, the French. Uh, the Germans look at even Spain, Italy. Uh, you you can go through all of it. You will see that your immigrant communities are involved in the national teams, and it's not a, not a question of where you come from, but rather uh, if you're good enough. And um, and 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 I think I remember what was this? I think it was a statement from Paul Ince, uh, which which he said once, and he made a comparison when he went for trials, and he was sort of the black kid, there was a white kid, and there was an Asian kid. And before even the trial started, you know, the coach was saying, oh, you know, we don't need to have to look at the Asian kid. We'll look between, you know, between the black and the white kid. And and that is, that disturbs me that, you know, that that discussion still is there. And, you know, people say, oh, Asians are not good enough for football. It, but the question is to me is, uh, are you given equal opportunities? And I don't think so um, with my sort of, uh, you know, uh, German spectacles on my, on my, on my head. What I'd say is that, um, that in Europe, we are, a little bit further in, in this discussion um, than, than you are in um, in the UK. You know, and, and look at, you know, I remember even on those days in 2000, meeting someone like Pierre Apoir and, and, you know, getting to know about Kick It Out and, you know, what the things were happening. There was this player called Harpal Singh, uh, you know, a, a Leeds youth, uh, a very talented. Leeds was a, was a great club in those days. 
Uh, and then, you know, he, he played with Vaichung and Berry for a certain period of time, and then he suddenly disappeared after playing in Ireland. And I've heard a lot of these stories, you know, where are, you know, the players like uh, Nathan Sansara or, you know, others who, who showed a lot of promise, uh, but never really made it in, in the game in England? Yeah, no. Um, well, that's part of the reason for the podcast is to try and hopefully <laughs> a, a, get behind a couple of various campaigns, etc. There are Asians throughout the pyramid at different levels doing different things. But when it comes to the pro game, especially at the highest level, there's, it's just, there's just been a whole heap of exclusion. Go on, Z. What I was going to say was um, you mentioned a couple of names there, like Harpal Singh and uh, Netan, and we've talked mentioned about Amza and Yan. What, yeah. what tends to happen is we follow their journey up to a point when they're in the bright lights, and then a few years later we're thinking, well, what happened to them? We don't actually appreciate their ups and downs in in football that happen. And I think sometimes, even from a player's perspective, I think just from an individual perspective, because you imagine having so much attention on you and everyone's with you and the circus is with you and all of a sudden the lights are gone, the cameras have you know stopped rolling and you're on your own again, that can have a psychological effect as well. You're thinking, are they supporting me or are they just there for the story until the next one comes along? And yeah, there's, there's certain lessons that can be learned that we, we should be supporting our players wherever they're playing all the time uh, and, and not have the hype and attention on them, but just the appreciation that they're doing something which we all dream to be doing and and if they do drop down a level like you mentioned about Harpool being at Leeds and then going to down to Bury, some might have seen that as oh he's dropped a level he's not good enough anymore well that's not always necessarily the case because you've seen players who come from the non-league and and hit, hit massively in in say the Premier League someone like a Jamie Vardy or Jamie Vardy or Chris, I was about to say the name yeah there. Uh, it's it's an example. It's a, a living example of someone who's come from who, who was in the system, then had to drop down, uh, and then come back up again and prove that you can still cut it and still be good enough to play. And early on in the conversation, we're talking about levels and standards, but I guess certain players just tend to find their level and uh, that that intensity level later in life, and we expect them to have it much earlier. Um, so many factors there, but I think the most important thing, and I think I've mentioned about this pod and the things that you've done with, with IndianFootball.com and what you're doing with your website now as well, that constant attention is what keeps people interested. And if we only ever talk about a player when he's coming through and, and hyping to a certain stage, and then when he doesn't hit our expectation, we drop him, then that causes a detriment. And then we're trying to figure out where are we going wrong, you know? And we, we, there's, there's lessons we learn in those individual journeys. And I'm sure you mentioned about Bai Chung, a young kid coming over to another country and, 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 and making it here. And then how many would have followed his journey and what he's done since then? Um, this is those lessons that when, when we show support, you want to show the support regardless of where they're playing and what, what levels they are. And I think we, the reason we don't is because we deem success to be one thing and it'll be playing at the highest level or winning a major trophy with a club or country. And we don't really celebrate the small successes that we have sometimes. I mean, I think you've had a lot of small successes, but I, I, I go back to the Baichung story where I remember people 
asking me, you know, at some of the matches where we played with India, is like, okay, uh, who's this Chinese guy? And then, you know, and then you realize that we've got problems within our own communities. Or yeah. I remember in those days you had in the two, early 2000s, you know, a number of players with Sings and they come from Manipur and they're not from Punjab. And the Punjabi is saying, hey, uh, but where is the Sing? And then you realize, okay, actually there are two Sings. Uh, the three other things are actually from the northeast, and you know they they they, they look more Chinese than Indian, and 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 that is, that is a lack of understanding also in our society. Um, and you know, and 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 Gujaratis, for example, again going that back to that example in 2000, where where they were, um, yeah, where they where they were uh, not interested in Indian football, and where it's like it doesn't matter, you know. I mean, and I always say to me, Japan is a is a prime example of how you support your football team. Mm. I saw them in, in 2004 in a World Cup qualifier in, in Calcutta, 90,000 people in the stadium, 5,000 Japanese. Nobody knew how the Japanese came in or, or you know, went back. Um, <laughs> brilliant. They won 4-0 that night. And then I saw them two years later in Dortmund against, uh, against Brazil. They lost 4-1. And the support was the same. And we have a problem in our own community where our community, as you said, supports success. We've had more failures uh, than success, but even these failures, these stories, you know, I would love to hear what Harpal Singh has to say today about his journey. Mm. I would love to hear that, you know, because that guy in the early 2000s was a pioneer, he was involved in that, all that, you know, there was a lot of problems at Leeds in those days. Um, but, but, you know, where are these stories? You know, I'm, I'm in touch with Michael Chopra, and when I talk to Chops, you realize that he himself realizes that maybe it would have been wise of him uh, in, in the mid 2000s to to say hey listen I'm not going to get into England maybe it makes more sense for me to consider of getting um, an Indian passport while he was at Newcastle or at Sunderland and and being a superstar in India you know I think I think Chopra's career it would have helped Chopra's career if Chops had decided to play for India that's that's really interesting about what you mentioned about Chops because he's he's talking with hindsight now but you also remember talking to him in the early 2000s and the perspective was different and yeah. that no, in itself it's also is, his is management a, I think yeah. I spoke to his man he used to have the same management as David Beckham it was SFX Beckham wasn't were it looking at Chop, a Chopra being the next Alan Shearer I mean you know he went to the same school he seemed to have the same pathway in Newcastle uh, it looked you know as, as if, you know it's and that's the problem you can't plan a football career mm-hmm. you cannot plan a football career there are so many ifs and buts and and um, so 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 I think it's it's very difficult, very very difficult uh, to plan a career. And 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 the thing is that with agents and other people involved, um, you know, you, we, we've had an interesting scene that you know people, um, you know, sort of disappear because the the agent thinks he's taken the right decision for his player, which in the end he hasn't. So you know that 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 I feel is 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 a very 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 tricky thing and and. Um, and the thing is, um, if you see why, if, if you know, if I look at Desi Bolas and see how many players are playing uh, across Europe, you know, playing in the Cyprus, uh, in, in Scandinavia, um, you know, because there nobody is judging the player. That he's British Asian. He's just a footballer. He's just another footballer. That's a very valid point, though. Yeah, I think that's that's part of the problem is there's with the success that Asians have had in England, which they have, they've been successful and they've got themselves in 
various media roles. They got quite quite high up in obviously in the government in in all kinds of industries. And but there's always with that comes attention which is leads to misapprehensions and prejudices, etc. So interesting. Agree. Agree. Okay. Arun, it's been fantastic speaking to you. Um listen, there's so much more we could cover. I'm re I think I'm going to invite you back on just to talk a little bit more about Mumbai City and what you've done with the Indian Super League, etc. Um, at the moment, if anyone wants to keep up to date with what you're doing, how can they follow you? So I call myself uh, Arun Foot, Arunavo about football. So it's arunfoot.com is my blog. And Arun Foot is also my social media handles on Facebook, Twitter, as well as Instagram. Fantastic. Okay. I encourage our listeners to check out what Arun is up to. Arun, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Apple, and thanks, Zerg. Uh...